0: Congratulations, you made the excellent choice to listen to Yokana's vernacular. I'm yours truly and happy to be back for a second episode. For those of you who missed my podcast, this is a show dedicated to the thoughts, opinions, and ideas that you missed and that Yokana feels you need to hear about. I pick five. I pick five. I talk about five. I anticipate that you take the effort after my podcast to start more communication and dialogue about these topics. I hope that my conversation starts a conversation, or at least makes you go on and read up more, because you felt that strongly against or with my views towards what I'm talking about. Yokana's vernacular is still in the molding process, so if you have suggestions, topics, or concerns, use the hashtag #YokanaV. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you wanna hear about. Let me know what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing awesome. And I'll incorporate that into my next podcast. Hashtag Yokana V. But enough of that. Let's talk about two great things Starbucks and college. You know, because they go together. When you go to college, you drink Starbucks. Or, you know, when you go to college, you work at Starbucks. Or when you're at Starbucks, you see kids who are in college, or when you're at college, there's a Starbucks. But let's move on. Anyways, last week, Starbucks announced cool charging tables. But more importantly, they announced that the 8200 at corporate operated stores, no franchises, so that's yes to Tivana and yes to Seattle's best, can take online courses with. Arizona State University. So that's a collaboration with the university to allow workers full tuition reimbursement. I don't know how you people missed this, but last week on the internet everywhere, the headline Starbucks and the words free college were up everywhere pretty much, broadcasting the fact that Starbucks is pushing for a new initiative. Starbucks wants to be the first person to, you know, get their foot in the door towards getting our citizens and our Americans who have jobs into the college world, getting their debts paid, getting their tuitions taken care of. Because guess what? The people who are working in these minimum wage jobs, like at Starbucks, do have college debt and, you know, want to continue and finish what they're doing. So with that, it's a great start. And the CEO was quoted that they can't wait for Washington. Washington is putting forth effort, but guess what? Starbucks literally did that in two seconds by making a deal with a pretty great university. So Starbucks College Achievement Plan is a great start. And let's continue to move on with that project. From there, you have students who are either sophomores, juniors, seniors, or freshmen who have taken on any sort of debt as far as tuition, they will get that reimbursed as long as they graduate and as long as they are employed with Starbucks. They are not required to remain working at Starbucks after they graduate. They're only required to be enrolled at Arizona State University. And while not every Starbucks is in Arizona, they can do this online. So that's how they bypass the fact that they're offering everyone an opportunity to complete college courses. I think that's a great start in the right direction. And if you think about it, they're pretty much applying some sort of grant or a loan, in essence, to a bunch of students who would not normally get that. You can read reviews or stories on how this has benefited different people across the country who work while they're in school and have more than one job, who have different debts that they have to take care of, who have different people in their lives that they have to take care of, as well as the education that they want to pursue. So it's great that the person who's employing you is taking that much more effort and care into your future. Moving on to a more somber story, we go on to the Central Park Five. I was born in a year that this didn't take place. I didn't know a thing about the Central Park Five. Last time I heard about a numerical issue was Gina Six. This case took place in 1989 and it's as clear as it seems. The Central Park Five focused around a jogger that was raped in Central Park during that year where five Hispanics and blacks were blamed and received time in jail for the crime that they literally did not commit. One man actually did 11 years in jail while the others had about five or six years in jail. They were all released in 2002 for this crime in New York City. The actual rapist was connected to the crime later on through DNA and this was a huge controversy in 89 and the 90s, people and activists continued to fight to get these boys who were convicted um, bail, to continue to get their sentences lowered, to continue to fight the battle. And you had big names like Al Sharpton. You had big names like Donald Trump continue to bump heads, to continue to have back and forth issues and debacles going on about how serious this was going on. And While this might not really relate to us in a whole different generation, it kind of does. We have issues where race take place all the time. And these men are five of hundreds today that spend time in jail for crimes that they didn't commit. While we have CSI Miami today and we have Law & Order SVU today that show us that, you know, DNA response and all the different technologies can get back from the lab in less than two minutes, we need to realize in real life it doesn't happen that quickly. In real life, the case on TV is one in about a million that gets put on the shelf and that gets on a waiting list. In real life, it's not going to be processed right away. So we need to realize that in real life, it's easier to prosecute the people on the case and on the stand rather than get the DNA back. So yeah, there's a lot of cases where individuals are put in jail for crimes they did not commit. So earlier this week the five individuals who are known as the Central Park Five got their case settled for $40 million by the state of New York. Wow Last week, I shared that $40 million was the price to start up an awesome school in South Africa by Oprah. But let's do some thinking. Are we allowed to get mad at the price anyone ever claims for being in jail unlawfully for over 10 years? Mind you, the lawsuit originally was for $250 million and New York State just, you know, settled for forty. million. But literally, this was us playing God with someone's lives and the court is always, you know, us playing God with someone else's lives. And while that's what the court is for and we have a jury and a process and trial and error for, we still have cracks. We still have error taking place. So there are things and processes that are not efficient yet. Can we afford to shell out millions every time we mess up with DNA? I'd like to just mention this is my golden topic for the podcast, and I really hope that everyone does a touch more reading on this specific issue, as well as the Innocence Project. What is that, you ask? (laughs) Literally, it's an organization that works to fight cases and find inmates that are unlawfully committed and released because of DNA or police-slash-court misconduct. There's also an award-winning documentary on the Central Park Five, so, like, go check it out. Because it's actually a really serious issue, and the Innocence Project itself continues to document um, a timeline as far as when, where, what's going on, you know, the different amounts You can go as far as going into each state. You can go and look up different stats as far as which conviction. It's full of information we don't even know about, and yet we as taxpayers continue to pay for a system that is not foolproof. So educate yourselves, people. It's school, but not really. Another update on something I touched on last week was OITNB, and that's the super cool hashtag, Orange is the New Black. I made the mistake of reading other people's views about something before experiencing it for myself. Let's start by saying this. Yokana is black. And while I don't like every slave movie ever produced, I can understand why they're made and can respect them to an extent. With that comes this television show, comes The Wire, comes Oz, comes Django, comes 12 Years a Slave, comes Help, and comes everything else. And guess what? I was wrong. They're not all the same. Orange is the New Black has females. Orange is the New Black has transgender people. Orange is the New Black has diversity. This show is exclusively online. So this show is not being shoved down our throats on public television. In theory, we are paying Netflix to watch this show by choice. I like it and will continue to keep watching. So there's no spoilers here, ladies and gentlemen. But to delve into a little bit more about, you know, how and why I came to a conclusion so quickly judging a show before even watching it is the lovely two words, instant gratification. Our generation wants it. Fine. I love Instagramification. I love my cell phone. I love my car. I love my TV and I love everything else that, you know, satisfies anything that my mind can ask for right away. We, as a society, are guilty, however, of jumping to the first viable, reasonable answer. But we need to do some Googling, people. We need to do some reading. And I'm guilty of this. I am first to say I was wrong. Strong and happily wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Ugh. Okay, so we're, we're done with calling me wrong. We have put that out there, okay? Wrong. Now, to talk about something you cared about this week and this month for an entire 90 minutes. Or at least, what Twitter told me you cared about for 90 minutes. Football. Well, here it's soccer. But regardless, it's for America. And that's what I want to talk about. You all think I'm going to rant. But hey, that's not what this podcast is about. This is an anti rant. I was bothered for an entire 10 minutes that America as a unit decided to bandwagon and become some pickup soccer fans. But if you think about it, we're good at doing that for most athletic events like basketball finals. But hey, being a dual citizen, I tend to judge. Being someone who isn't always sports-oriented, I tend to judge. Being an anomaly in a lot of different ways, I tend to judge. But hey, I learned some cool stuffs. I said stuffs, disregard that. Like in the World Cup and this football thing, they count up on the scoreboard thing. Shout out to Pluckers, and the guy for showing me that. But... I also learned that the country I live in has people who can think about something besides themselves for 90 minutes. No, it wasn't for world peace or against genocide. No, it wasn't for anything serious like ending world shootings or for, you know, stopping world hunger. But it was camaraderie. It was patriotism. And it's an example of unity and support. And that makes me proud. Hashtag America. Another anti-Rant. I wanted to get mad with all the protesters in Brazil because I love a good cause. And I don't know if you guys know this, but guess what? There's protesters in Brazil right now where the World Cup is taking place. But I decided to do some reading and I figured out what they were mad about. The huge Hosting an event in a country that cannot afford it, a.k.a to the club that most countries are already a part of. South Africa seems okay, and yes, Brazil has struggles, but so do most countries competing in the World Cup. Then I decided to Google some fun, smart words together. You know, because like if you do certain words in Google, you get better responses and get a cool... Anyways, I put in world, and I put in cup, and then I put in philanthropy. And you will never guess what I found. Street Child World Cup, aka look it up, aka it's pretty awesome. So it's this organization funded by Deloitte, Pele Sports, I Explore, and as well as many celebrities engaged in the World Cup and international out- brief, outreach and nonprofits. In 2014, um, this organization created 19 street teams. From 19 different countries with sponsored coaches, jerseys, cleats, flights, and you know, they went all out for 19 different teams of 19 different groups of street children to have an experience in the World Cup country. So, to make this more clear, they set up a version of the World Cup in Brazil called the Street World Cup, and they take street children from each of these countries and they give them an opportunity to play soccer at the same location, you know, with celebrities at the same place. And they give them the experience of a lifetime. And these are not kids who are practicing, you know, in big auditoriums or at actual schools. These are kids who live on the street. These are kids who are struggling. And they get to play in this and get an above and beyond experience. They get to tour that country. They get to meet the celebrities. They get... Experience. They get homes, they get things out of this at the end of the day. They're not going back on the street after this. And while this isn't every homeless person in Brazil getting taken care of, and this isn't every building in Brazil getting taken care of, it's a start. And then it's an example for every country that decides to host the World Cup after. The World Cup and the Olympics, while we're talking about them, continue to make the same mistakes. And websites like BuzzFeed continue to demonstrate. So obviously, these really large world international events that we feel are necessary to compete in against each other are not done. We're not done with debt, and we are not done with abandoned stadiums. So I guess we haven't learned yet so let's just keep going. And the finale. Cool-ass iPhone applications. Ed Damiano, I might have mispronounced his name, has developed a bionic pancreas to help his 15-year-old son battle diabetes. How awesome would it be if every parent had this much drive to solve a problem by creating an app with their iPhone? Well, let's think about that sentence for a second. Every parent probably does have that much drive to create an app and solve a problem. But how cool would it be if it was actually a problem that we could practically use to save a life? Whoa, that's pretty awesome. I just want you to think about that. Because right now, we have maybe 30,000 apps in the iTunes store and the Windows phone store and all those other stores flooded with similarity to Flappy Bird, but how many different apps do we have trying to develop a bionic pancreas that literally works to release insulin and glucagon and different um, things into different people's bodies to save their lives? I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's excellence at its finest. And to leave you... I ask you this one question. What is your anti-rant, and how are you going to fix it, use it, or apply it this week? Peace and blessings.